Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Shella. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Recently, we had a great episode with the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation, and we learned so much information that we decided to go ahead and have a second show. We are joined today by Glenn McGinley, Acting Director of Loss Prevention Operations for the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation. Hi, Glenn. Hello. Why don't we start off by telling us a little bit about what are the laborers and the BWC doing to work together to make work zones safer? Well, we've done a lot of cooperative training, especially up in Northeast Ohio, um, uh, and we've, we've tried to include them, particularly, you know, I mentioned the trenching and excavation is a big uh, a big focus area for us, or one of the focus four, and we've been trying uh, the last couple of years to involve the laborers union and a couple other key unions that represent people that do that work to participate with us in the trench stand down events. Um, that happen each June, and we and it's a big um, it, it's a it's a big education effort. That's really what it is. It's an opportunity for us to kind of open everybody's eyes, let them see what's uh, uh, what the right way is to uh, to protect a trench. Um, and, and when we say protect a trench, I think I you know as a former compliance officer, whenever I approached an unprotected trench, I would. You know, the first question that we always have is, um, you know, who is the competent person at this job site? And they sometimes people are taken aback at that because they think, well, we're all competent. You know, we all know what we're doing. (laughs) That's that's not really what I meant by that, because that's actually a legal definition. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody that's responsible at that job site for ensuring that the work is being done safely. That's that's really what that means. So um, and usually I end up, uh, you know. The, the, the fingers start pointing and I try to figure out who two fingers are pointing toward. And then uh, <laughs> I, I go to that person and I would talk to them, you know, but the, you know, they, I think that's one of the things that we've, uh, we've tried to work with uh, uh, the laborers union on is, you know, let's, let's see if we can get more people trained so that they can provide that, you know, uh, you know, fill that role as a competent person. Um, we can't, designate someone as a competent person, you know, attending one of our training sessions doesn't do that. Um, uh, that is actually, or even, even if the union did that uh, and, and had a big training event, that doesn't make someone a competent person. What makes a competent person is actually having the employer designate you as the competent person. Um, unless you've been designated and you've been given the authority to take action and ask that the work stop until things can be corrected, then you're not the competent person. I, you know, I, I've been at job sites where I've said, okay, who's the competent person? I start talking to them. They give me all the right answers. And then I say, okay, well, here are my problems with the trench. Um, let's make some change. And they go, well, I can't do that. I have to call somebody. <laughs> mm, immediately, that's the wrong answer. Right. So, so you, you, you need to be able to act on your own to make that decision. And it doesn't always fall to management. I mean, it's honestly, it's a, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of those projects, especially small short-term projects, don't necessarily have a management person out there. Right. Um, and it, it's important that there be a lead worker, you know, somebody that can, can step up and, and, uh, and make sure that things are being done right and that their their co-workers, uh, their brothers and sisters in the trench are protected. Yeah, because I think a lot of times there may be people out there, they see things are not quite right, but 
are afraid to maybe, you know, stand up and say something. So, you know. They do. I, I think a lot of people have a hesitancy to do that. But um, I think they have to think about it in the big picture. And it's, it's you know, our, do you want to, uh, you know, let's do the right thing so that everybody goes home today, is able to have dinner with their family, and mm-hmm. wake up the next day and return to work. Right. You hear some really scary stories from men who have actually survived those trench collapses and some scary stuff. And you just don't, you know, how lucky they are to be alive. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and I've, you know, I I have to say, unfortunately, I've investigated a lot of fatalities when I was in the field. Um, And they still stick with you. I mean, it's not something that you forget, you know, talking to the coworkers, you know, seeing the scene. Um, seeing the the damage, um, I, I've been to several of those sites where I'm there before the coroner arrives, so I really get to see what's what's transpired. And you know, I, I as an investigator, I like to be there that early because I can really see what what may have happened. I can get the true picture, but um, it's also heart wrenching, oh, you know, to to walk up on a site like that. COVID has been around now for almost a year. And I know for all of us, our work day, our day at home, everything's changed so much. How has COVID affected the day-to-day workings of the Ohio BWC? So I, for BWC, actually, things did change quite a bit. I mean, pretty dramatically, because we are so proactive and we try to be out helping employers. It is, uh, um, it, it became a challenge immediately, you know, how to pivot. Um, to kind of give, put it in perspective, the, uh, the weekend, uh, bef- the, the weekend when, when really the, the pandemic hit Ohio, we were scheduled to have our annual um, Ohio Safety Congress and Expo in Columbus. So that, that Monday after uh, the, the weekend, uh, we were supposed to start that and we had to pivot over a weekend to make that turn it into from a live event into a, uh, a virtual event. And we were able to do that. Um, but it was a, it was a pretty heavy lift over, over a weekend. Um, but we still had over a thousand people show up for it. So then at that point we had to decide, so what is, uh, what's our next, uh, thing that we can do? Uh, because we're going to have to change. We don't know how long this is going to go on. And we had to kind of uh, make some decisions. So I'll tell you, one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, the governor asked was, you know, we need to help all Ohioans and every state agency needs to to work toward that. And uh, so we, over the course of this past year, have tried to look at our, our BWC reserves to put that back into employers' pockets so that they could continue paying their employees' wages is one of the things that they used it for, um, as well as some other, you know, other essential things that they needed. So over this past year, we actually took $8 billion from our uh, reserves and from our investment reserves and gave that back to Ohio. And uh, that really helped. I mean, I think that for many smaller businesses, um, it helped save the business. It was a lifeline for them um, to get that influx of cash um, into their business operations. So we did that. Um, over the course of the year, we, we actually issued um, a couple different uh, um, dividends. We actually went through um, three 
dividends where we gave those back to employers for a total of, like I said, $8 billion. The other thing that we decided to do was I mentioned our safety grants earlier. Um, that safety grant program, we normally um, try to help employers with a, a $30 million fund to fund those uh, uh, programs or those, I should say, those interventions that they want to put in place. So we had to um, pivot on that $30 million. And we decided that one of the things that we could do to help Ohio with the pandemic was we bought masks and we distributed masks to Ohio employers. Um, and uh, that was a big, big effort. Um, over the course of this year, we have uh, literally shipped out um, 23 million masks wow. um, to Ohio employers. And uh, that was a big, big undertaking. Um, we actually, um, uh, when I say we, I mean uh, BWC staff in the Columbus area actually personally boxed up um, the first four million of those that went out. So we had a staff of people that went into our, our main headquarters in downtown Columbus and they packaged up four million masks and mailed them out. And then uh, after we got that initial one, we, you know, while we were doing that, you know, our um, fiscal staff looked for um, a, a contractor that we could work with to distribute more masks because we knew that our resources were limited and uh, we wanted to get them out as quickly as possible. And like I said, up to this point, we have now um, sent out about 23 million face masks through that program. And we're kind of doing it under a big umbrella where, you know, we've, we're just calling it, we've got you covered. Um, and uh, that 23 million masks uh, really, I think, very, very well received. Sure. Um, we had uh, a lot of employers that were very grateful to get those um, and, and get them in, in, in quickly into their the hands of their workers. Um, Something else that happened uh, that we were a little bit surprised about, but you know, at the same time, you know, we are we are part of uh, uh, the part of state government. So, as as part of state government, we wanted to make sure that we were doing our part to uh, to help out with actually getting people to wear those masks. Governor Dewine asked uh, um, uh, BWC to to step up and. Uh, and help out again in November. So in November, um, the, the staff that I supervise, uh, along with our special investigation staff, uh, we teamed up to uh, to run what the, what the governor called the retail compliance unit. So we have uh, a retail compliance unit uh, group that is uh, um, basically going out uh, virtually every every day uh, visiting retailers around the state. Um, we're not doing this as BWC employees. We actually, for this period of time, we've been, uh, you know, our duties have been transferred, if you will, to the Ohio Department of Health. So we're going out as special uh, inspectors for the Ohio Department of Health and visiting retailers across the state. Um, up to this point, probably as of uh, yesterday or so, we are now approaching 30,000 visits to Ohio retailers in that short period of time. 
um, where we go in and we we look to see whether um, employees are wearing masks, whether customers are wearing masks, whether they have uh, signs posted requiring masks at the door, um, and then uh, um, you know asking uh, to meet with the uh, with with the manager that's on duty and talking to them about uh, about our findings. Um, I will say that overall, you know our Ohio's done a really good job. <laughs> you know, we we when we go out and do these visits, um, we're really finding that about ninety five percent of people are are doing the right thing. Um, we've had very few instances where we've had to issue warnings to those uh, uh, to retailers, and uh, that's uh, that's a good thing. You know, I'm saying very few. I think we're about one hundred and fifty warnings out of thirty thousand visits, so not very many. Um, and that's 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 something else that we pivoted towards. And then just our normal quote unquote day to day operations, um, we've changed those a lot. I mean, obviously we can't go on site, so we have um, we've pivoted to providing um, a lot of our services virtually, and uh, we've we've increased. I mean, you guys are doing this podcast um, that's fairly new for you guys. Um, you know, we've. Uh, we're, we've started a weekly webinar series. You know, we've done training for a long time, decades, um, but we haven't done a lot of online training, but uh, we've done a lot of weekly webinars. And uh, up to this point, we've got over 4,000 people that have attended uh, one of our weekly webinars. And uh, uh, the webinar topics change week to week um, on a variety of health and safety topics. And uh, we just encourage everybody that uh, has an interest in safety now to attend one of those uh, those weekly webinars. Some of them are done live and some of them are rebroadcasts. Uh, the majority of them are actually live um, so you can ask questions. And even the ones that are rebroadcast, um, we have the whoever the presenter was sitting back uh, in the background, so to speak, monitoring online chat questions for live questions. So we do live questions question and answer Q&A during it. And those are on your website? Those are on our website. Yep, they are. Um, and then we also are doing a lot of uh, virtual consultations where um, the employer reaches out to us. You know, we can't come out on site, but we use, uh, um, you know, one of many platforms like let's say uh, Microsoft Teams is our preferred platform, but Zoom is something that a lot of people are familiar with. And if a uh, if an employer wants to use Zoom and they initiate the meeting, we can participate that way. Um, we do some things by WebEx also, um, but that gives us an opportunity to kind of get into the workplace and still be able to walk around with the employer mm -hmm. and have them show us the workplace and we can help them ev evaluate some risk factors over the phone and, and actually get our eyes on what's happening. Um, I was reading a little bit about the COVID-19 Indoor Air Quality Assistance Program. Was that a little bit what you had touched on, or is that something different? That is that is something that's kind of completely different. That's fairly new. Um, when I say fairly new, it, it, was, uh, it started last um, uh, December. Um, we do have, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure when, we're, when you guys are going to end up airing this, so I don't want to tell people that they can still apply for it. Um, because it was, it's partially funded at the moment. It's what's completely funded at the moment through the CARES Act, through the Federal CARES Act. And uh, because that's the funding source for it, 
um, we have to spend it according to the federal guidelines for the money. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're we're focusing right now, and and the governor um, rightfully so recognizes that you know nursing homes and, and similar congregate settings for seniors are the highest risk places to be in Ohio at the moment. Uh -huh. You know, the majority of people that have passed away from COVID-19 have been people that are seniors, you know, those that are 75 and, and over. And, and unfortunately, many of them are, are 80 and over. And they are um, in a facility where they have a limited ability to get out and get around. And uh, if uh, COVID-19 gets into the facility, it's uh, it's devastating for some of them. Right. So we have tried to come up with this program that we call an indoor air quality financial assistance program. It's a retroactive program. So tr again, trying to help employers manage the the costs that they've in encountered with COVID nineteen and upgrading their if they upgraded their HVAC system with with better um, uh, ventilation, um, you know, better filtration. Um, some have gone into using um, ultraviolet radiation and some other things to help clean the air. If they've if they've encountered those uh, expenses or they've encumbered those expenses, and they want some help with them, um, we will uh, you know look at helping fund some of that uh, again on the back end. They have to have installed it already, and it has to have been commissioned by uh, an HVAC professional, um, so and they provide us with that documentation. And we're kind of help we're helping to run the program, um, but uh, it's it's not a it's not a grant. We kind of we actually have a nickel jar. Every time somebody calls it a grant, we have to put a nickel in the jar. <laughs> you so, just basically it, you a, reimburse for some of those. We costs, reimburse, that... right? It's a right exactly. We are reimburse. It's a reimbursement program financial assistance program. Okay. So we're kind of, we kind of reached out to all those employers that kind of fell into those categories, those long-term care facilities, uh, nursing homes, um, uh, senior living complexes. Um, and we told them, if you've done any of these upgrades, uh, please let us know and send us the bill and we'll see what we can do to help uh, reimburse you for some of those expenses. Fantastic. Yeah. So I know, one result of COVID is it's really hard to plan for the future, but what kind of goals do you have for 2021 that you're working on right now? Well, you know, uh, so, you know, the, the big goal is I think that I, I think that we're not alone in this in that recognizing that even though, you know, 2020 was a challenging year, I'll just put it that way for everybody. It also opened up a lot of doors, right? It opened up a lot of windows. Um, it made people rethink how they're doing things. And I, and I think our goal this year is to really, um, I think when we, we look at when we do, and, and we will eventually, you know, things will return to quote unquote normal at some point. Um, but we're looking at a true new normal, I think. And I think most people are. Um, most businesses are. Most government agencies are. And what does that mean? Well, it may mean that we're doing more of this kind of thing. You know, um, video interaction um, with uh, with employers. 
continuing on with uh, virtual consultations. Uh, we're looking at ways to improve that process for employers and make it more, more seamless for them. Uh, we've uh, really ramped up our, our process of modernizing our, our online training. And uh, so, you know, our goals are, are, are moving toward being, I guess, more, more agile than, than we've had to be even in 2020, being more responsive to how can we help employers um, uh, the best that we can um, with the, uh, the limitations that we're working under and looking at how we can improve uh, overall efficiencies, you know, not reducing our services, but providing them more efficiently. We want to stay at the same level of service. Sounds like that's the, what most of us are trying to do, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Well, you mentioned the webinars on your website, and I'm sure your website is full of all kinds of other information. Uh, what other kinds of stuff is on there, and what is that website that our listeners can go to? Well, the, the main uh, Bureau of Workers' Compensation website is it's just info bwc.ohio.gov. Um, that's the actual address. If you just type in bwc.ohio.gov, it should get you there. Um, but our main website is a portal to all sorts of information. You know, I talked earlier about, uh, you know, or you asked me questions about how to file a claim and those sorts of things, or from an employer's perspective, how to apply for coverage. So those questions are answered there. So we've got the website is, is designed to help employers, employees um, find information quickly. Um, and then we also have uh, a section specifically about safety on the webpage, uh, information about uh, our courses, uh, the web webinars, our online courses. Uh, when we do come back to the ability to have uh, in-person courses, um, we have a course catalog there that uh, will give uh, people information about where and when those courses are going to be held. Um, you can also request services through our website if you're an employer. So you can reach out to us and uh, um, ask us for for help with uh, um, these all of these services. You know, in addition to our webinars and our courses, you know, we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one training with employers. So if they give us a call. Um, we can kind of walk them through uh, um, and help them answer uh, help answer some of their questions uh, about uh, various safety and health issues. The um, I, I think the the biggest thing about the website is it's you know it, it was recently redesigned. Our search function that we have uh, on the website is really good. It's pretty intuitive. So uh, the website is is quite large. So if there's something that you think you're looking for, you just type it in that search uh, button at the top. Um, you're likely to find it and find it pretty quickly. I've been to that website and there you do have tons of information. Yeah. I, you know, we've, we've got a lot. And I think that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about public employers. So again, from a, a public employee standpoint, you know, we've got a lot of information on there about uh, their rights um, as a public employee to safe and healthy work environments, um, the responsibilities for those employers. Um, you know, they can see our, our posters. Um, we've got written programs. We've got safety talks that we've been working on where, you know, you could have short 
mini training sessions in house where you know we've put together some some uh, you know one page you know they're technically two page flyers where you know we give you some background and some questions and to help spark conversations about safe different safety now topics. Well, we'll make sure we put the link to that website in the notes to this show. You know, I just want to, you know, express my appreciation to, you know, you guys for inviting us because I think that, uh, you know, it's partnerships are a good thing. And, you know, we talked about uh, what, how, how we're working with the, the laborers union and also with a lot of other unions and, and employer organizations as well. Um, we really value partnerships because uh, we really feel that uh, it's, it's very difficult. As I mentioned earlier, we've got over 250,000 employers. Um, even with the large staff that we have, reaching all 250,000 employers, that's, that's a tough ask. Um, I, pretty much it's, it's, it's an impossible task. So what we try to do is we try to reach out to groups um, and whatever that means. So, you know, we'll work out, we'll, we'll reach out to organizations that can help get the message out. Um, organizations that are, are willing to partner with us to, you know, provide training. And uh, I think that uh, that's, uh, that's something that, like I said, we, we really have always valued. And I think that uh, in this uh, environment that we're in now, I think it's even, it's even more important. I think the big takeaway for me is how much BWC works to prevent workplace incidents, not just be there as a resource if someone does get hurt. We want to hear from you. Send us any thoughts or ideas for shows or questions you may have at talk at downwiththedig.com. And remember to like us, share us, download us, subscribe to us, and also tell all your friends. We want to thank you, the listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in all of America. And we want to thank you for joining us today. Be safe out there. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.